Welcome back to Moving Oh. Welcome back to Move the Bowl Please, podcast hosted by me, your host Sandra. Uh welcome to episode 2. We made it. Uh we are not a one pump chump. <laughs> um I am in my room. It is definitely midnight. I am definitely sober. <laughs> um no i've had coffee i've had i've had coffee i still have coffee um i just i like pain (laughs) i like not going to sleep i like constantly being aware for some reason coffee really gets me there uh it's got a lot of oat milk in there it's got a lot of other things in there um because i need help people who just do people who just do coffee raw different breed different breed but anyway i'm not here to talk about coffee i'm not here to talk about what other people do i'm here because i would like to get on the topic of loneliness yes uh loneliness has been reported to be on the rise especially since the pandemic it's actually acutely turned the volume up for that problem but it's always been a problem and I kind of wanted to approach this specifically in a different way. So I want to start with myself, right? It's always best to start there. Um, So I've been living in my cute apartment, my really sweet apartment for about a year um, and a couple months, a year and like almost six months now. Um, I have one roommate, uh, she's lovely, and I have for the most part, had a very good time. Fortunately, the walls are a little thin. Learned that the hard way. Uh, But other than that, the neighborhood is great. And um, I usually use my apartment uh, as it stands. For the most part, it's kind of like an HP (laughs) recovery center. Um, I thought that I would spend so much more time, you know, being uh, present and aware in in my apartment. But, you know, the world demands labor and my energy so going out uh, I moved here also while I was still a student so school work the biz I was doing a lot so I can come home to do nothing and that was mainly the main the main uh, purpose of my apartment Um, but then I graduated and then it was the summertime and I chilled out and I really just soaked in being in my apartment and we have a really nice kitchen, a nice living room. It's breezy in here. Um, and when I was home this past Christmas, um, or Saturnalia, if you're a pagan, um, I remembered why I needed my apartment the way that it is um, and the way that I use it now, mainly because I... Have anxiety I have anxiety I also get overstimulated and in ways of the overstimulation being like unavoidable you know if, if I can avoid any kind of intense intensity um, I find it much easier for me to find peace and, and to find my little groove to start doing whatever I need to do versus being amongst other people other moving parts and having to, you know, navigate through that. 
and I saw this clip from this podcast and I'll, I'll, I'll credit them. Um, I think the, the clip was from this podcast called Level Asian and it was episode 23 and the girl said that for the most part, immigrant children pay rent in their mental health when they live at home. If that isn't a bar, I don't know what what a bar is because she did her big one with that one. And I know for all the other immigrant kids who are listening or watching this, bled out a breath of like relief because that is exactly what it feels like um, to be in the place that you grew up with a parent who is not from the country that you're in. Um, And I think that's a lot of... It's a lot of moving parts in that specific sentiment, right? It's like, of course, our parents, they love us so much. They don't know what to do with their love sometimes. They want us to succeed. They want their children to be well. And they're very, very caring. And at the same time, it can be overbearing. Um, It can be exhaustive. It can be overstimulating. And I, for a fact, very much felt that. And it's also that infantilization, right? It's constantly being reminded you're their kid, you're their subject, you must listen to them. There is no dissension and and dissension can look like anything, right? And, And as I was growing up more and more while I was still living at home, the decisions that I wanted to make as an adult really started to cause some, some, some pots to be stirred. If I was to, you know, give it any kind of label and you know other things like going out and drinking responsibly and um, you know wanting to travel all of these things starting to become really really hard to negotiate and so moving out was the answer to all of those problems I could do whenever I wanted however I wanted on my own terms because I took care of myself And part of that is, you know, also trying to find yourself as a person. I think as children of immigrants, it's really hard to find your own voice. And I found myself when I moved out. I found out a lot about myself. A lot was revealed to me. And I don't think I would have been able to really get to that point if I was still living at home. And you know what? If I got to pay rent to do all of that, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, but I hate paying rent, y'all. I hate that shit so much. It's, it's actually, it's messed up for real. All of that preamble to say, um, I think the one thing that I've really started to kind of realize is that throughout this process of learning about myself you know the 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 summer that I spent right after being done school and and spreading my wings and meeting new people and continuing to do what I do um I learned three things uh about loneliness um the first thing is that I had very much been under the expectation of behaving like the first girl of my family. Um, 
I never was good at following rules. So sorry. Um, if you tell me to do something, I might just not do it. <laughs> and that was something that I thought that I had dodged because I was the second born. They'll find you. Don't worry. They'll find you. Uh, you're the first girl. They will find you. And at that time, you know, when I finally left, it, it, it became really like I, I was like, wow, I was so like trying to like be in my own little mind about it. But no, there were many things that was expected of me and I continuously dodged that. And that also caused unrest. You know, my parent is very traditional uh, and the people that I grew up around just also had that expectation. And because I didn't reflect that, I think that also continued with my feelings of like discord you know I couldn't really fulfill that role because it didn't speak to me and you know it's hard to be in a place where the way that you are is not the norm or it's not tolerated in that way right or it's not celebrated even toleration is is like the barest of bare minimums but to be celebrated uh for who you are I didn't really always feel that um and so now living on my own, I realized that and, you know, I'm celebrating myself now. It's it's a pro- it's a process, you know, you got to do it because who else is going to do it? The second thing that I realized is that I had mastered silencing or repressing myself. I had mastered not giving myself the right to be. You know, I I thought that I always had to make sure that I wasn't making too much noise and I try not to be too noisy because the the walls are thin here. But I thought that I had to really contain myself in order to be, you know, not a burden. And, And I did that a lot, not only where I lived, but like around other people. And so I, for a long time, I had shrunk myself. I kind of compressed myself a lot. And it was also like, you know, in a means to save energy, I felt as though when I was younger, I would try to like, you know, I'll try to make people my friends. I would try to appease people and that just wasn't really working. And so I realized that too. I was like, wow, I'm really, I'm really good at just making myself small. And that's so sad. (laughs) So that was another thing that I realized as well. Um, And that religious trauma, that little, that little religious trauma, ooh. Yeah, that, 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 that's a little sugar on top that's a little that's a little cinnamon sugar on top <laughs> so that was another part of that that I realized and then the third thing was that I like being around people but I don't like being around people like that like I like being amongst human beings I like being around the noise and the movement and the and the chattering and the laughter and the yelling I like that but I don't like to always be engaged in that you know um even as I got older you know when you go to those big family parties I would usually just go downstairs where the kids are because the kids are just scribbling and yelling. And if you don't want to join in, they don't really want to force you because they got their little friends and they're doing all little thing and you can do your own little thing. You know, um, I felt more awkward being around other adults or older people because I feel as though they probably just assumed that I was supposed to be either going in the kitchen and helping the women cook or that I should like, I don't know, humor them with whatever I'm doing and stuff. And, and I didn't care for that at all. And so, yeah, those three things really became 
they there was also things that I started to really be like oh like these are the things about myself that I didn't know but now these things are being revealed to me and I feel as though parts of those things kind of illustrate how I too have felt that feeling of loneliness mainly because you know of of not fitting the expectation of uh, making myself small out of fear and also by you know not really wanting to be at the center of many things that can kind of be the the breeding ground for concepts of loneliness and 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 that conflation of having your time by yourself versus feeling isolated and pushed aside and I think for many people who are getting into their to their adulthood because you know this trend of a lot of people admitting that they don't have friends I feel like it's much easier to admit those things once you kind of exit childhood once you exit teenagehood if that makes sense you are no longer in the spaces or you're no longer expected to fully conform right like the 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 concept of conformity as a kid is so heavy it's so real but once you step into adulthood now you have your own destiny in your own hands and so it's much harder to feel that pressure unless you're in these spaces but you know I just moved out I finished school I'm working now and I'm in my apartment and I'm by myself for the most part and I started to also sympathize with the feelings of FOMO and the feelings of I'm not around people anymore. I'm not, I'm not going with my friends to places as much as I used to. And that can be demoralizing. And, and friendships break apart. Friendships crumble. They, they, they just they don't always last. And a lot of people have been pointing that out. And... I don't know I feel as though a lot of us are getting to a point where we're like wow like this is kind of (laughs) sad yeah so like I mentioned before many of us have been acutely aware of how lonely we feel um and that's you know part and parcel through social media and through how uh COVID affected the entire globe um the economy is such a big factor in that too and I think the steady incline like the the studies have been showing that it's been happening since the late 90s and that makes sense too most people have also started to get get uh, personal computers or home computers you know you remember that that family computer that used to be in the open space I feel like I feel like everyone had that the, the computer where you could not you had no privacy um, but from the late 90s up until now, there's just been a steady incline of people having computers at home. And, and that can also make it less attractive to go and run outside and, and go and play tag with your friends or go and, and do these things in the forest, you know. So as the as the technology has continued to become more and more accessible, this feeling of uh, isolation obviously blossomed. And here we are now where... I think that the stat is like at least like over 60% of, uh, I think it's young men, report to have no friends. And one stat that really shook me is that like, I think it said like one, um, no, the stat was like, 
one in five men have lost more friends. No, no. I don't know the stat, y'all. I'm going to find it and I will put it somewhere. But there was a stat showing that women had even less or reported to have even less friends and than, than their male counterparts. And in the, in the couple of videos that I watched talking about loneliness, I was so annoyed how they just skimmed over the light. They were just like, oh, yeah, the boys are sad. The boys are sad. And I'm like, OK, what's new? <laughs> what's new, girl? <laughs> I don't. OK. Anyway, let me not get mean. But yeah, so it's slowly but surely been getting worse and worse. And especially for young people, right? Um, And I think one key thing that has really changed, especially since the pandemic, is party culture. Party culture is not what we thought it was, and it is definitely not what it used to be. I remember seeing, you know, videos and movies of people in college and thinking, oh my, or university, because it's America, right? Um, And you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to be in these parties. And if I join a frat or if I join a sorority, it's going to be sick. I've only heard horror stories. I've only heard horror stories. Anyone who's been in a frat or a sorority, I'm I'm afraid of y'all. But this concept and this fantasy of being a young hot person you know you can drink now you can go out and you're in school and then you can wake up hungover with your friends and it's fine because you guys are together you guys are a unit yeah that's that's not how that happens (laughs) like i've been to a couple house parties and they were garbage um i would just end up being with the stoners anyway because i'm not really that huge of a drinker um i can't hold my liquor but i don't be i don't want it to get lit like that in front of everyone in that way and you know it's usually a word of mouth so the the way that you get to parties no one's putting a post well they are but like no no good parties are getting put on a poster in a freaking you know bulletin it's like you get told by someone to join you so the party culture that we used to have and and the you know the lack of i will say the lack of technology also helped people let loose a little more now if you let too loose you might get you might you might go viral <laughs> and no one wants to go viral for real so this party culture and this total you know this just removal of reality um that movies portrayed made it so at least for me i anticipated a lot i anticipated really interesting and fun adventures it was it was minimal it wasn't that interesting and i found myself just hiding more interest in being around people that i you know had things in common with and for the most part i'm not a big party animal and most people that i like to hang around with we just like to chat and vibe out you know like we do things that are like you know probably boring but I like that sort of thing and it doesn't mean that it's going to look the same as how it used to be right so or how it used to be portrayed you know like having a lot of friends and like having people jump in the car and like y'all that that looky looked exhausting (laughs) that looked exhausting as hell you know and I think that might also be an answer for this too you know and and the international community has only opened up you know especially in countries like Canada to a degree that's that's abusing too they're 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 getting abused but also there's different kinds of factions that that emerge out of that diversity and so there was no way the party culture the homogenous vision that we have in our minds there's no way that was actually going to happen in real life 
And I think also part of that too is because so many people have different values and how they behave and how they live through life. They have different goals, right? Like in university, I I went to school, I went to work and I went home. You know what I mean? And those are the peak years for making those cohorts of friends and having those core people in your life. But if your priorities lie in getting good grades and going to work and coming home, which is for a lot of us, you know, in my generation and, and, and even older too, but for a lot of immigrants, it's, it's not going to translate into the concept that people have when they talk about their glory days. So all of these things, you know, they shape how we would, you know, see the friend economy as it is now. You're an immigrant kid. You're a Zoomer. And you live at home. What are you going to be doing? You're going online. <laughs> you're going online. That's what you're goddamn going to do. You're going to go online. You're going to watch your favorite YouTuber. You're going to watch your favorite, uh, you know, anime. Or you're going to binge another Netflix show. And that's how you're going to be spending your Friday nights. And, you know, having that time to relax and recoup is so important. And so I would never really try and and fully shit on that way of being but at the same time it's not really conducive to making friends and and doing that rinse repeat you know having that rinse repeat kind of lifestyle doesn't make it so you feel like you want to go out of your comfort zone and so many people who might say things like I don't have friends or I, I can't I can't say that I have a lot of friends I, I would really also implore us to think about our habits and what we do and how we you know spend our time right um I think a lot of people who have good friendships know that it takes work and for a lot of us we were just spoiled for a long time because of work and and school and maybe clubs and things that interest us it it might have seemed like we had like a veil or maybe like a you know um concept a floating concept of people who you call our friends but at the end of the day being someone's friend is more than just people that you just end up around it's putting intentional time to connect and relate and have someone you know cry on your shoulder and and you do the same for them it's a whole routine not a routine but a ritual and it's something that you must put time to do intentionally. From the exhaustion of school and work and the pressures that you might have in your own life, it is hard to make good friends. Even the Bible says that a friend is something invaluable to have, but not all of us have the privilege to have that. And so if you do have that, hold on to your friends, girl. Hold on. Because you never know what will happen, you know? And a lot of people are suffering. I think uh, the, the, the health stat or the health uh, study that this one general guy, I forget his name, but he had announced back in like 2017 that having feelings of loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's, that's a lot of cigs. <laughs> that's like a professional cigarette smoker. And I'm not one of those. Uh, and I can only imagine how hard it is to quit too, right? I think that's another thing. It's that 
when you're in this space where you feel comfortable not interacting with people, not going out of your way, not taking the time to even potentially be rejected by those people, it's really hard to quit that comfortability. Comfortability? Comfortability? Comfortability. We we got through it. We made it through it. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And so I am so... Like, I, I, I don't really see this problem as something that's fully surprising. Once you start to really think about it, it makes total sense. It makes complete logical sense because a lot of the reasons why people feel these burdens is because of the, you know, the total lack of third spaces, right? And this is something that many people have spoken about, but um, a lot of people aren't really finding... Um, what's the word? They're not finding fulfillment in their work or school or other obligations because it's an obligation. Um, having to do something that isn't required of you to volunteer to do something out of your own will will always feel more fulfilling than having to do something that's compulsory. And I think people miss that. People miss being able to do something that rewards them back, right? That isn't something that's directly going to benefit them um, because of that stress, you know? You want to do things because it makes you feel good, not because it's time, you know, or because it's it's on a schedule, right? And yeah, people are crying out. People people want friends. And I I can I can sympathize with that a lot too. Another thing that uh friends can also help is help with is also helping you take care of yourself i'll be the first to admit it i am not good at taking care of myself (laughs) i am not uh i am not the kind of person who wants to just wake up and make breakfast and make my bed and you know get to work on time I, i try to get to work on time but i it's hard and I can only imagine how harder it is, how much harder it is if you don't have family, if you don't have anyone around you, not even friends, just people who would be concerned about your whereabouts and your wellness because taking care of yourself, you know, especially when you're not in a good mental or economic space, it, it gets so tough, you know? um beyond words it just it's just like being glued to your bed you know and not even feeling the motivation to even get up and 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 go and pee (laughs) like uh was it cut to uh rue almost dying (laughs) because she couldn't piss it's really real though it's really real and with how young people now are just also just being crushed by the unrealistic expectations of career and and life goals it's it's no wonder it's no wonder that people feel so disillusioned and so isolated and by themselves and um you know for those of us who have an affinity for our substances you know that can be used as a coping mechanism and that costs money too (laughs) So it's like, you know, you don't have money to do shit. You don't feel like you, you're whatever you're doing is, is working for you. You're not getting a livable wage uh, and you can't even afford a little, a little, you know, a little good time. That's depression. (laughs) 
that's messed up for real. You know, at least back in the day, uh, I feel like a beer that, or get, getting a good bottle of wine probably didn't cost you way much, but <laughs> it's getting crazy out here. It's getting worse out here. So we've gone over how terrible the economy can be and in extreme cases, um, something that can come up to mind is the rise, specifically in South Korea, of this this thing, this phenomenon called lonely death. Um, so there's this really thorough and great um, Korean documentary on YouTube that I watched recently, and basically it showed that there was a really sharp incline in people in their mid-30s to early 40s in South Korea just dying in their homes um, and no one knowing that they've passed until, you know, it starts to smell. And it's so, so sad because these people, for a long time, they were either suffering from some kind of debt problems. Um, A lot of them also were estranged from their families. Um, Some of them have been just furiously trying to study. Um, There was a clip of this one girl who was saying that she missed getting her um, teacher's I think I think they had to do a, uh, an exam to get their teacher's permit and she missed the the threshold by 1% and all of her friends were able to graduate and start working and she had to she had to do a whole other an, an extra year of just studying to try to get to where her friends were at and she expressed how she just felt like really awkward about trying to talk to them because they were so busy with school and, and being teachers and she said at one point she felt so depressed that she found herself writing a suicide note, like just kind of in a daze. And I mean, people people are struggling. And this was like, I want to say this is like, this is post, you know, pandemic, but like not too post. Like I want to say at least 2022 latest. And so... It's really, really tough, right? And in countries like Korea, you know, we always think of it as a place, at least now. Like when I was in my K-pop phase, I was like, oh my God, like Korea number one. (laughs) But I've since, you know, grown up and matured and been like, no, like every country has its problems. And a a country like Korea where it's, it's like a paradoxical place where they have the communal understanding of culture, but they also have that individualism veneer on top of that 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 was imported i want to say by their uh, influence from america from the united states and now they're in a point in time in their economy where the things are not thinking as they used to be you know Uh, there's certain industries that are just totally being decimated and that means that many people who had spent their entire lives working within that industry just get totally fucked and there was a story of one man who passed away because of his job as a, um, I think he was like a, uh, you know, people who do move cargo on ships. Um, he used to be in that industry and the industry started to shrink more and more and they started laying off millions of people. And he unfortunately was one of those people. And so far, Korea has put out a or has put out a policy to help people within the 30 to 40 age range to have a social safety net but that was from 
um, the response that they that they had to do because of all of these people just passing away in their homes. And, you know, Korea has also been in the news for being a country that has a birth decline. Um, and countries like Canada, too, where I live, is also one of those countries as well. And so it's only going to get worse from here if nothing changes. And these policies need to be pushed as a response to public health, right? Just in the same way that I think it's, I think it was a Surgeon General. I didn't even know they do that. They did that over there. But he said this in 2017 that this is a public health crisis. People isolating themselves and not being able to be around people and not having a you know the ability to reach out or have any safety nets can lead to people not reaching out for help ergo you know having a slow painful and lonely death um and and korea is just a very extreme case of this but i would not be shocked if this was something that was happening in other countries as well and i think another thing too that being lonely might insinuate at least now in modern times is the changing dynamics between men and women right um back in the day you know having to be the breadwinner used to be an only male problem right um most families are trying to get rid of their girls because it's an extra mouth to feed and she can't work and if i get rid of her and she gets married i get a ching you know and now you know fast forward to where we are now it is both you know men and women who populate the workforce and such a one of the things that kind of shifts male and female dynamics is the concept of you know men and women not always seeing eye to eye because the level the the playing field has been leveled listen i am a breakup advocate Shout out to people who'd want to break up. Break up with them right now. Do it right now. Um, You don't need to fit into a mold that doesn't suit you, right? And I think one thing, and part of the reason why the manosphere has just exploded is mainly because it's it's a it's a logical response to how men and women have been taught to think about themselves and how the world really is. Um, a lot of these men have this concept of women being these beings that are withholding sex from them, that are being grossly, uh, you know, sexual or who aren't being chaste and who are being feminine. When in reality, women and men, most of their problems are very similar at this point. And so it's hard if you don't actually take a time to critically think about you know okay this is who i am and this is who they are and let's just see how we fit together instead of prescribing something before you ever met someone just because of your perception of gender it's it's another thing and i feel like a lot of people when they think about loneliness you know there's some people who think you know i'm lonely but i have my girlfriend or i have my wife or i have my husband you can be lonely and be in a relationship (laughs) You can definitely, that can be happening to you. And, and some people think that singleness is part of that equation of the, the loneliness epidemic. You know, people not wanting to have, be married or have kids or, or settle down early. But guys, we need, we need to think bigger. We need to think bigger. 
you know, we need to think about these governments and these people in high places who don't want to give us a livable wage. You know what I mean? How are you how are you supposed to go to the bar and meet a girl and you can't even afford a fucking beer, bitch? How? How are you how 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 are you supposed to be a high value man, but you're getting wage thefted to the max by the man? You know what I mean? So there's so many layers around this concept of loneliness that I hope more of us start to uncover and start to really question because it's getting it's getting worse. And if we let them run us to the ground, they're going to run us to the ground. And what are we going to say? We did nothing. So Sandra, what's the antidote? What's the what's the solution? I don't have one. Um, but I will say that one thing that can help you right now is finding a community find other people who are looking for friends uh it's not gonna be cool <laughs> you're not gonna feel cool trying to make friends especially if you're an adult you know it, being cool as a kid no kid is cool you know what i mean and if you think a kid is cool they're not cool so it's it's less it's less of a problem to find friends as a child, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. But as you're an adult, you have responsibilities, you have bills. It can seem like kind of out of your way, but it will only, it'll only be a benefit to find people who you can feel in communion with. And that can be anything. It doesn't matter. Don't let them try to tell you how to make friends. It's up to you. It can look like anything. It can it can be from church all the way to punk metal rock shows. It don't matter. Um, finding other human beings, being around other human beings, being in social contact with people is so crucial to human survival. And I think surviving is the minimum. You know, if you find a tribe, try your best and and put yourself out there and stick out and 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 you know go out on a limb you know i don't think anything that's been worth having in this life has been something that was totally easy you know you know you could just speed run and and just get everything you want you'll never really find true satisfaction that way and i can say that with confidence because there have been many times that i've done things that i was really scared to do or really unsure about and it only benefited me it only benefited me um it, it might it might even feel like gambling Hey, if, if, if you have to frame it that way to make it feel good, do that. Don't gamble, though. Gambling is bad. I'm not endorsing gambling. Um, but going out of your way to make friends and meet people is so crucial. And it can teach you so much about yourself and how you are as a person. You can encounter things that you never even knew you had inside of yourself. It's such a beautiful thing growth is such a beautiful thing and you can really grow as a person if you find community that speaks to you from your heart you know it has to be from the stomach you know it can't just be something that you think that'll that'll push you forward don't be too cerebral about it don't don't even think too much low-key think a little but don't think too much you know um because staying in the same place and wanting a different result is insanity Um, so for all of you lonely losers out there, (laughs) um, I'm just joking, but for all of you people who feel alone, you know, you're not alone. That's one thing that's cool about feeling lonely is that you're not alone in that. I think that's, 
one of the things that we never like we take that for granted you know we always think that we're lonely islands we are not we're all very similar to each other and i think that can really be a point of connection you know and and you can be like hey i'm scared i don't know what i'm doing the other person will probably agree with you this has been move the ball please uh be sure to subscribe be sure to like be sure to leave a comment and let me know what your antidote for loneliness has been for me personally it's been planning and making thoughts for the future that has been one of the things that i've i've been doing also i've been like really like for some reason getting back into anime i i had a time where i just couldn't watch it for some reason but i'm doing that now and it kind of helps me i feel like the characters and i are getting along and shit uh i, I, just, I just recently started inuyasha and the, and it's really good it's i like it i like it. i like the sub though the, the dub is anyway um so yes uh leave a comment like subscribe and i will see you beautiful people next time